and welcome to Sequel Pitch, a film podcast in which friends pitch sequels to movies that don't have them and then argue it out to see who the winning earthling will be. Joining me on this vacation is a man that is going to pound your face, break every bone in your body, then you're going to drag your across a gravel road and feed my remains to a, a warthog. It's Matt Rushton. <laughs> the Hulkamaniac's coming for you, brother. <laughs> uh, lock away your antifreeze. It's Andy Henry. <laughs> Best joke oh. in the movie. Let's get on. I want to talk about this movie. <laughs> and last but not least, not even a K7 force field can hold him. It's Drew Toynbee. Hello, everyone. I'm really now, Drew, ill. <laughs> yeah, Drew is really ill, but he, he wanted to talk about this movie so much. Mm. Um, but he may just randomly disappear in this episode. Who knows? We'll yeah. see. <laughs> I'll try not to. I will try not to. But I have the plague. This episode, we are celebrating the Halloween season by pitching and reviewing uh, sequels to the 1991 sci-fi action comedy Suburban Commando, starring Hulk Hogan, and I don't know how, but Christopher Lloyd and Shelley Duvall. Uh, I don't know how horrific. they got them. <laughs> um, in case you haven't seen it, then we do a 60-second synopsis. So... Here we go. Steroid-induced Shep Ramsey, played by Hulk Hogan, is on a mission to capture intergalactic General Suter. The general has kidnapped President Hashina, uh, the ruler of an entire planet. Shep boards Suter's flagship and takes an elevator all the way to the top for some reason. There's an elevator on this fucking... Um, the president decides to throw an envelope so hard at General, it cuts his hand off. And then the general turns into a lizard man and kills the president. Uh, Shep gets uh, told that he needs a vacation. Uh, he breaks his ship in anger and lands on Earth when he realizes he'll have to stay until a space craft is uh, repaired. Then we meet Charlie Wilcox, a weak-willed architect who can't get a raise. And then Shep rents Charlie's spare vacation cabin. Charlie uh, starts spying on Shep, finds his ship, turns it on, and then it calls the bounty hunter Undertaker to come after Shep. Shep also needs the MacGuffin of some crystals that Charlie's boss is, has in his office. So Charlie helps him find those crystals. The bounty hunters come. There's a fight. And they they defeat the bounty hunters. Charlie goes home uh, with, to fix the ship. But not before General Suter arrives. Oh, yeah, he's alive. Uh, he takes Charlie's uh, family hostage, forcing Charlie to lead him to Shep. Shep surrenders, gets beat up, but but not for Charlie comes in to save the day, which Shep, uh, which gives Shep enough time to electrocute Suter. Uh, then Shep leaves in uh, in the bounty hunter's ship, uh, and there's lots of ships and Shep and ship and Shep and ship and Shep and ship. Charlie then shouts at his boss and quits and shoots a traffic light, and that's it. <laughs> I mean, I can't believe it took you over 60 seconds to synopsis this movie, man. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, so, you let's gotta, go around and give our brief... you got to really insane bits, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go around and give our brief feelings and scores out of this movie uh, out of five. Uh, I'm assuming it's going to be a high one. You're guaranteed it's going to get a five from me, baby. Uh, let's go with Drew first. Uh, this is a film I, that I have now seen. Um, One of the greatest. It, it has impressively low production value. Um, Dead-eyed <laughs> performances from absolutely everyone. No inventiveness in the visuals. <laughs> this 90-minute movie is 85 minutes too long. <laughs> um, but I'm I am still going to give it to um two maliciously thrown newspapers out of five because <laughs> I did chuckle occasionally. Like it is bad. I wouldn't recommend it, but it deserves something. <laughs> Thank you, Drew. Uh Matt, what did you think? The it's what I texted you guys earlier. I watched it again today to prepare myself for this mentally because the first time I watched it, 
I was I was ready to give this a 0.1 out of five. Like it was just <laughs> like everything about it was off and horrible and ah, uh, just unbearable watching. But then I kind of went, hang on a minute. Charlie Sheen did Hot Shots, and that kind of feels like this kind of film. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's actually just out there to completely take the piss out of itself. And if that's the case, I'm like, well, I kind of feel like I need to give it a 5.1 out of 5 because it is so bad, it's good. So I kind of find myself in a really difficult position, and I'm going off the basis that it was surely surely it can't think of itself as a good film so on the <laughs> basis that it's a bad film i'm going to score it 3.1 just just a recommendation because it is bad <laughs> but i got to give it 3.1 flung cats from a tree nice um andy I uh, was expected to come into uh, a typical shitty '90s movie, and I you came out. And I no, I came out <laughs> with genuinely maybe one of my new favorite movies. Um, this is why like... we can't take your movie reviews seriously. This is oh, no, right. if it's... you call this a fucking favorite movie. I... This I is the kind what... of shit we have to deal with, listeners. All right? I did what you did, Matt. I first watched it and I was like, oh, this is definitely like 90s bad, but it does have like good genuine jokes and stuff like that. And then like there's some bits where, yeah, it's definitely like a, there's a hot shots or naked gun kind of like comedy sense, which only happens with like certain jokes. So I rewatched it with that entire, like with that in mind, like what Matt said, I like, I, I didn't know if it was taking itself seriously first of all, or if the little jokes were just little jokes. So yeah, I rewatched it, loved it. I'm not gonna give it a five because it's definitely shit, um, but not <laughs> as shit as you think, and very enjoyable shit. Um, you gave it a three point one, Matt. So fuck you. I'm only gonna give it two point five little little Hulk Hogan braids behind his ear, which when you see that, it's hard <laughs> to take him seriously. So. <laughs> Uh, thank so you. So you don't recommend it, even though it's your favourite movie. Of all I'm time. middle. I'm, I'm the thing. If you've I'm got ninety so minutes and you've got you nothing sometimes. else to do, you won't. You won't like. You won't like say you've wasted your time. But if you yeah, literally like, be like, I, I, I say, it's either this: you watch this or you read a book. It's a bit um, like, oh well, I could read a no. book. Oh, I don't want to read a book. I want to watch a movie. But the movie Suburban Commando. Well, I'm going to read a book. Read a book. <laughs> no, I don't want to read a book. Paint dry. If this was a genuinely serious film. Like I would, this is like, only getting a good score for me because it's so bad. There's so much I want to get into in, in the big has like, to be the put in the review bargain oh. bin section of any fucking <laughs> movie rental. <laughs> well, business. yeah, Drew said it's got no visual uh, because it steals everything from Star Wars. This was originally going to be uh, Arnie Schwarzenegger and yeah, Danny DeVito. Yeah, but they for some reason took another little small film called Twins. God. Yeah. Um, um, I don't. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's great. It's this middle, would have been middle, better with Arnie okay. and Devito in it. I don't know. I don't know because I. I think it would have been. It would have had more budget if they'd been. Well, yeah. If they yeah, had been attached, definitely. and yeah. it might have helped. One hundred percent. I, I pictured um, Danny Devito as the Undertaker's character, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I am going to obviously because I rec- uh, recommended this movie. Um, well, as a as a, a film that these guys. Yeah. Which to see, and I'm going to give it um, five <laughs> finger guns when he hears lasers going off out of fire. And that's it's right. Like the arcade. Because he has nothing. He's just holding it yeah, an invisible yeah, yeah. gun. As in, like, I don't, yeah, yeah. Again, I don't know if that's like his, like, his instincts <laughs> cutting in, but he realizes he's got no gun, but his hands just go that naturally. Or give it up, Dragos. They, or they were just give like, it up, Dragos. In the interesting room, they were just like, oh shit, we've got to give Hulk a gun. Ah, oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> So that's, yeah, that's his screw alert you. stance. <laughs> yeah. So screw you. I'm bringing it up. Bringing yes, the average. This is going to be rated so fucking high. I'm so is happy. It, is this going to be another episode where we just argue with Ross about the cult classic versus the classic <laughs> movie? <laughs> this is a cult classic, definitely. This that's is a Hulk fair. classic. Yeah, Hulk classic. <laughs> hey. What I does t- that leave us? It, uh, it leaves us with three point two eight. Out of oh, five. There you go. Nice. I'm happy so, with that. Yeah, it's I, I will I will concede that had we had we watched this movie at university, I bet there are about a million 
excellent drinking games that could be played to this <laughs> film. Yeah. And it's got yeah. that going for it. Welcome to our full review of Suburban Commando. <laughs> uh, you're going to get here our full thoughts. Uh, I'm going to give you all of mine because I've got a massive list of things that I want to um, talk about and just <laughs> random bits that happened in the movie that I really like as well. Um, I'll start it off with, um, yeah, so notes on film. I just put it, one one was an uh, elevator on a ship. Doesn't make sense. Uh, why is there an elevator? Like, But like an old, like a normal elevator. It's not even yeah. like a Star Trek elevator. It's just like an industrial <laughs> elevator. Um uh, the letter of death as well. That yeah. the, the envelope of death. If the thing I don't understand about Suter is he's more powerful when he's a lizard. So why would he just not be a lizard all the time? Well, Budget, a Power Ranger bu- budgetary lizard. constraints. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's it. I've, it's like this movie is so. It just reminds me of a pantomime because it's so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like well, fucking so ridiculous. Costume slash armor. Yeah. Which is yeah. like two pan lids over his pecs and then something over his like balls i think that's basically it connected by like rope um it again like i can't i can't imagine arnie going like yeah i'll i'll, I'll have that that'd be fine <laughs> no yeah, like, i mean they would have had much more money if they... <laughs> bloody conan instead yeah <laughs> yeah i love the opening so... the opening straight off gives you an impression that like what drew said like it's got no fucking like originality we still so much from star wars i mean i'm and... surprised they didn't get sued they must have even think... got like I think that I th- I do think that quite effectively telegraphs that this is not something you're meant to take seriously. Yeah, like, but like, surely they, it... surely they were doing that. They're like, right, we need the quickest way to tell people that we're making. I I think I think they did mm-hmm. make it kind of naff on purpose in a lot of ways, and I do yeah. feel like that's the case. But they weren't good enough at making it bad. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Firmly, like if they're gonna do like a like a spoof of a bad movie, like it it kind of felt like it was taking itself seriously at some point. Yes, yeah, um, that was the that's the thing. Like the the whole naked gun like hot shots comedy that me and Matt were like talking about, where some of it is like I don't ever funny, feel like naked like... gun and hot shots took itself seriously though. I felt like this sometimes did, or yeah. at least I felt like yeah, Hulk that's Hogan what I say, was like, taking hot... this really seriously. Mm, like like yeah there was some jokes which were definitely like that but then like yeah we just didn't like well yeah. i think was, like christopher PG, lloyd's character is definitely much more like he's a little bit like he's serious and there's bits where he's like you, you like there's actually some good bits in it where christopher lloyd's like you brought these people to my like my planet and you're gonna get them killed like i can't help you and then like hulk obviously ruins it with his acting but you know um <laughs> He's a tough no, guy. No, hey, he's a, no, he, no, R. He's no. really bad. He's you know what real, I love? real bad. Do you know what I love? <laughs> at the start, the first introduction we get is like, I think like the typical hero shot starts at his feet, goes up and we yeah. see all the costume. Then he shoots some people and he probably punches them and stuff and he kicks them through a wall. Oh, this guy's so hard. He gets hit once and goes down. Yeah. And then he gets and, like dogpiled basically. And I'm like, this is our hero. He's the worst hero. <laughs> he, he, like, he goes into like, you know, save the president. The president is, is dies. Is that his job, though? Like, well, his job yeah, was to that's... stop Suter, but he was like, yeah. ah, an innocent person, fuck it. And we're like, <laughs> well, uh, yeah, this is he fucking, like, the, the bad guy walks up to him and grabs him around the neck, and I was like, all right, this is where he dives over there and wrestles the lizard off, and he just fucking dips out. He's like, <laughs> no, okay, see ya, runs and rips a vent off the wall and yeah. just dives through it, presumably <laughs> while this president of a planet is being throttled slowly to death. He doesn't even get in trouble. He's definitely still no, alive no, when he boss... leaves, isn't he? He's definitely still alive when he leaves as well. It's not even like it's yeah. like yeah. He doesn't oh, even yeah, try. He die. blows up on <laughs> the ship. Yeah, and and then his boss is like, <laughs> oh, and you know the the old the old Shep wouldn't have let the president die. And yeah. then he's like, yeah. oh, but it's fine. It's not your fault. It's like it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> Take you just need a holiday. That's all you need. Yeah, yeah. yeah. go for a vacation. Yeah, with, with different delivery, that could that could mm. be really funny. But there isn't enough artistry in the editing yeah. or performances or one or the other to actually convey that. So it just felt so fucking weird. Just yeah. like, what? <laughs> what? Oh, it all, it gets weirder. So then <laughs> she, we're going through this movie because I, I love all the... Beat like, so by Shep, beat. 
yeah, Shep lands like he goes on vacation, then they play that fucking like we're down plenty of sunshine. <laughs> yeah, the and then he's like, the soundtrack yeah, in the movie is all he's, weird. He he starts walking around, and then he he finds a dog in a car, and then the <laughs> oh, guy yes! say, the guy goes, get out of, shut up, Ralph, shut up, Ralph. And then he puts the guy in the car, yeah. and then the guy shouts out Ralph, like yeah, Ralph like is going to go. Gonna <laughs> <help him. laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like, also, Arnie Ralph! takes off his armor then, off screen, and just loses it for like the rest of the movie. Oh no, he's, he's got it like somehow. He, he hides he, it, he stashes it. Where? Did I miss that? In his, yeah, in he, his puts clothes. he puts, the, he he puts he, clothes over the top, because he has to have it later in his ship. Oh, maybe he, I forgot that. I just remember takes, him walking away and I don't see like the silver tinfoil. Yeah, he, he puts takes the, the guy's muzzle clothes. on the guy, takes yeah. all of his clothes and puts oh, it over okay. the armor. It's a good thing that that fat overweight guy was the same... Uh, yeah, like, he six had foot same... seven. <laughs> yeah. Like, <it's laughs> I love the hell. restaurant allows the dog just to eat there and the food and stuff. And then, like, <laughs> yeah. See, again, yeah, yeah. Like, see, if it was a bit like the Naked Garden, a waiter would have brought like the bill afterwards or something. Yes, yeah. When you're ready, sir. That's what we needed. That's what, again, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, then but I enjoyed um, that, and then I hate the very next thing that happens, and I'll let us explain exactly. <laughs> no, what it is. is it the apartment? Well, bit? well then, then they, then the he sign. finds a, then he finds an an old style wanted poster, like on the <laughs> on the on the side oh, of the on the wall. Yeah. and I was like, what does it say it? though? What does it say? I can't even remember. It says what apartment to rent and an arrow. And just that's an arrow. it. Like apartment no to rent. Where the right. And is. he literally just stops walking down a road and appears at the right place. Like downtown Santa Monica or something and then shows yeah, up yeah. at the correct house in the suburbs. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. God. Uh, so then he gets the he gets the apartment and then like then they're all talking like in the house and then the letter the mailman Post something through the biggest letterbox you've ever <laughs> seen in your life, yeah. and he pulls the fucking guys. Well, no, there's a, there's, the... a, there's a bit before. This is not like they fish out of water, so like Holt's yeah. not used to everyday life. Even though he knows Earth because he hates Earthlings and stuff, and something happens like the, like a toaster pops and he, he's he's not aware. Oh no, Shelley Duvall was watching a a a, a sitcom a talk or something show. about screen, a talk show about screaming. So she screams as it's, it's the new therapy, which come Holt comes in and thinks she's under like attack or something. Yeah, and then the postman puts it, and he tries to cut the arm off the postman, and then Shelley Duvall's just like, "Oh well, you, I'm gonna go <laughs> yeah. back inside." And then you're like, "What? No!" Would you be like that? What the fuck are you doing to Ted? Go, this Ted, huge run. man yeah. has a knife, Shelley. Yeah, he's got a I knife. Do, I like the postman when he's just like, "Oh my god, you should stop your caffeine like intake or something." Yeah, like yeah. that was quite an instant, like, a funny reaction. But yeah, I was waiting for Shelley Duvall to kind of go like, "What the fuck was that, Hulk?" But she was like, "Oh, oh, Shep." Back to the uh, back to the sitcom. Uh, you the wacky show. guy. Yeah. You wacky. Yeah, and then like, so then there's basically like the movie. The actual plot is about thirty minutes of this movie. <laughs> the other like thirty yeah. minutes is Hulk Hogan just walking around, just <laughs> in, interacting things. with random things. I love uh, the best a, part. A, a is night mime. This is a, a night mime yes. in the fucking alleyway. Yeah. Why is he miming <laughs> at night in an alleyway? No one knows. But it fucking comes back. Ridiculous. They, they it comes back like three times. Is they do like that rule, and it's amazing for me. I laughed every time because the second time I was like, "Oh my god, they're bringing it back," which means they have to bring it back a third time. And the third I, time. I, I, well, he tries to help the mine. The mine's in a box, and Arnie, uh, Arnie, Hulk's like, "Oh, I'll get you out of this force field." Like, smacks him field. in the face because that will <laughs> that will get him out rather than pull him or something like that. And the second time, the mime's got like a rope or something, and again, he like just oh, he throw oh, he's trying to climb the building with an imaginary yeah, rope, yeah, and, and he Hulk throws, throws him up. Him up. And, then and then the third he says, time, he just runs, which was fucking hilarious. Yeah. He's just like, "No, fuck that." The thing I did like about that joke is he the the mime at the end of the second time he goes I'm gonna stick to day I'm gonna stick to the day or whatever day shift and then so you obviously see him the, in the yeah. day but he says I'm gonna let's, I'm gonna stick to the day shift so he thought for some reason it would be better to do a night shift behind like a bowling alley <laughs> and he's like nah, nah, nah. I don't know why the Friday rush I'll go back to that mate. you gotta, you gotta pay your dues. You got to pay your dues on the mime circuit. You got to do the shit yeah. spots for a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, there's some. Uh, I, the one of the jokes I did really, uh, I did like, mm. is the bit when he like helps. He saves, like he moves the car out of the way for um, 
Christopher Lloyd, mm. and then the guy comes over. He's like, "What are you doing? You, you know, you know what we're gonna do to you." And he goes, "Well, let me guess. You're gonna blah blah." blah and the thing that I did at the beginning. But then he just goes, no, "What are yeah. you talking about? This is the '90s. We're gonna sue you." Yeah, and I, was like, <laughs> I, don't know. I think I thought that was good. My favorite joke was the car alarm joke. Um, because again, like, why was, does it have sentience? Yeah, it's I lo- yeah, fully sentient. It, yeah, <laughs> like this incredible was... leap in technology in the early also, '90s. It's open. It's got like a, it's got no roof on it. It's so you can literally yeah, just yeah, so it's a convertible. And if and, and if think... you pull if you pull the alarm out, it stops and just pleads for its <laughs> yeah, life. It's begging for its life. <laughs> but the funniest thing is yeah. that's that Hulk Hogan pulls a car alarm out of the car, but he has nothing to do with selling the gag. I think that's why it's funny. It's all about like the car alarm <laughs> begging for its voice, where he just looks at it. And I was a bit like, yeah, everything else he kind of does, like when he talks to the cat, the 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 girl with the cat, the uh, with the cat of the tree at the end. I don't know if it's like overacting or anything, but the way he kind of like runs over with his big muscly body and like crouches down and just goes, again? Oh, yeah. like. And yeah. then you've got the, like, the grandma squeeze. Sorry, go on. I'm just saying, I don't think it's the same with early no, on. No, I yeah, feel yeah. like this is genuinely Hulk trying <laughs> to deliver a really good performance. Game? What game? I mean, what yeah. a great fucking delivery <laughs> after he's just like, no one played a game. Oh, this movie's amazing. <laughs> And then the flag comes out of the, the fucking... Flag, yeah, right? the flag literally surrenders to his dominance. <laughs> like, that's amazing. It was so... That was funny. It took me off guard a little bit. His, his, him, I like, again, I don't know if this was um, uh, 90s B-movie or part of the joke. I love it when he's in the garden and he's using like a bird bath and something else, uh, something else heavy as weights and stuff like it's that. Like a tall, tall thing. Yeah, it? something two, two things really heavy and stuff. And he puts the um, bird bath down, and it's right before Shelley Duvall um, screams. He goes to put down the other thing, and it's really heavy. You can see his muscle, and then she screams, and he almost picks it up and like throws it the other side as if it's just like a pillow. <laughs> and that, it, like I don't know if that was like just bad shit movie making or not, but again, made me laugh. I, I had a like there was a couple of moments. I well, I I remember them vividly when I've watched this before. Is mm. I like when Christopher Lloyd puts on the the suit and then he goes to try and save that girl. It's a bit weird, like because she's literally about to be raped, which is like <laughs> yeah, but the, it's yeah. weird to show yeah. like a comedy scene in that, like where he's like, hey, yeah. put put her down, and you're but, like, okay, this is a bit weird. Yeah, yeah. Like you got two but, more awkward things after that where she's like, oh, how how can I repay you? I'll do anything, anything. And you're like, yeah. all right. And then he's like, no, saving people was fine. And then he's like, for some reason, his crotch plate glows. So I don't know why Shep programmed that. That was weird. And he that walks away weird. in the background. Like... I, to, give a, to give a boner joke and stuff as well. But like, does everyone know when Shep has a boner then? Because his lights flash <laughs> and stuff. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I really like the uh, the bank scene. That was a really good bit moment. Oh, where so I got a question. To... I got a question. Yeah. So the 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 uh, the, the bounty's cut. The bounty hunters come in and freeze the crowd basically. And then we, for some reason, we have Christmas music. I guess because they're frozen. Makes no fucking sense. <laughs> well, it's but not still. the bounty hunters, <laughs> is it? It's the guys. It's the guys that he stopped them from raping the woman. Yeah. It's oh, like it? the, oh, yeah, they're not so, the bounty yeah, hunters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the people random... are frozen. Are they frozen yeah. in time or actually like frozen in ice? No, no, frozen. It's a freeze gun. Yeah, it is like but ice. In ice. No, okay. No because one's I concerned, like the idea, though. Like, no, but I like no the idea of frozen. Everyone, in... They're fine. Yeah, but yeah. like, uh, Shep carries Christopher Lloyd out and stuff, and his body wobbles and stuff, which I was like, well, I like the idea that he's frozen in time because that would work. Again, it's probably a <laughs> 90s shitty movie. And then, like, the next bit when he's in the car, but obviously Shep can't bend him into a seat, so he just sticks out the sunroof. Got a massive laugh from me just because, again, he's like knocking around and like, bouncing and i was like is he again the christmas music probably was like yeah it's yeah frozen in ice but i'm like i think some people were blinking as well (laughs) one thing i did have like i know that this is just me talking about a movie that is fucking got hulk hogan (laughs) in but like the the suit he has is like a muscle amplifier that's what christopher lloyd said but the guy can literally throw a skateboard Ooh, into yeah, space, space without it. I thought <laughs> so that like, why weird. does he need it? Yeah. What he yeah, doesn't like, need it. I, I noticed that there's he throws a skateboard into space, mm. he rolls a car over with people mm. inside. But then when he saves a woman from a mugging, he just sort of <laughs> awkwardly picks the guy up on his shoulders and dumps him in a dumpster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that skateboard so gag comes back again, like twenty minutes later when the battle yes. comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When him. the battle goes through good. space again, something they could have easily left out. But I was like, ah, oh, yeah. this movie's got such such comedy. I do want to point the one constant bit, which I think 
he's the arsehole in like every 90s movie is um larry miller the, the bad guy his boss knock off stuff, dan Aykroyd. Yeah, if you don't know who he, who he is, Larry Miller, Google, you'll instantly recognise the face. Yeah. He's fucking perfect in everything he was saying. I love when Ross was saying, like, uh, the, the crystals that they were after. Because uh, w- suddenly, at one point, he's talking uh, He's talking. Yeah, to Christopher Lloyd, yeah, and he's like, hey, Chris, look at these yeah. crystals. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, okay, they're going to be important in this film. Yeah. I liked also the... <laughs> It was basically that bank scene was the first ever mannequin challenge, so that's good. That's a precursor to that. Um, Um, The weird, right? So there's a like, so you know, he's like talking to these investment bankers or whatever, and he's like, he tells Charlie, he's like, tells Charlie to like, you know, he's like, he's been talking to them. And he's been talking to them from night until morning. Oh, like how long? Like six hours. He's just Japanese been talking. Japanese movies as well. Because <laughs> he's like, yeah. I'm out of Japanese movies. And like, yeah, they have a couple like... of funny lines as well in the subtitles where yeah. he, they say something bad, but the translator says nice, uh, something nice. And then he says like coward. Like that was quite good. Yeah. There was some like cool effect like in it as well that I really liked. Like when Undertaker goes through all the different floors. Like I was like, oh, that's like quite a cool. Effect. I know. I mean, you clearly see he's on like a conveyor belt thing going <laughs> sideways. But I was like, you know, for nineties to do a practical effect like that, that was quite good. Yeah, that's um, fair. The and the dead man Ramsey bit was really good as well. Like you, you making him have a baby voice. That was good. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was, I was waiting for that. I think. Well, as soon as they didn't talk, I was like, something's gonna be weird with their with their voices. But um... how does how does the CEO become a a, a CEO of a, a like an architect company? And not know anything about architecture. No, like, yeah, no, I don't know. I, love I don't it. know. I love the well, uh, probably the best love... bit of best bit of commentary in the whole movie. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love at the end when um, there was Shep commentary to... in this movie. I feel when like Ross and Andy are really yeah. trying to sell us some commentary in this movie. But I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not ready to accept there's any yet. <laughs> no, it's all normal. Yeah. Uh, and. <gasps> Oh, oh yeah, that was that was uh, pretty much it. Those are all my favourite bits <laughs> and weirdest bits. There's another um, classic joke. I don't know. It's not classic at all. Uh, something that literally made me laugh is when he's taking a nap, and then there's too much noise outside, so he has to go outside, and he screams, "Quiet!" And it, he doesn't scream or act. He says it in the only way Hulk Hogan does, <laughs> and then a cricket chirps, and he kind of like looks off screen. He's like, "Shut up!" And it does, and he got a little laugh again. But what's even funnier is he's taking a nap in like you know, jeans and a t-shirt, and he hears people outside. Before he goes outside, he puts on, like, another vest, even though it's, like, <laughs> it's a, you know, it's fucking, like, hot outside. Why? And <laughs> he doesn't need it. It's just... <laughs> oh, man. So shit. Love this movie. Uh, we're getting, we're so getting a real insight into the levels of Andy's humour here today, I think. It's, <laughs> it's a joy to behold. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, yeah. they got the classic nightclub that turns on with one switch. The yeah. one switch that turns on all the yeah. electronics, and it's like, yeah, amazing. <laughs> what Do I love, yeah, I think what I love most about this movie was it's ninety minutes. It's like that's like it's the perfect nineties movie of ninety minutes. Where like any more, we'd be like, oh my god, any less would uh would be uh would well, be an no, improvement. This, this I've no. been waiting to come back <laughs> on to because Ross made a point earlier in this that it's thirty minutes of story, thirty minutes of jokes. And I still don't know what the other 30 minutes of this fucking movie is. <laughs> like... It's uh, it's Chris Lloyd driving to work and not being able to get past well, the yeah, How have they got Chris? Well, how did they get Christopher Lloyd? What's even movie? weirder? Yeah, this like, is... he's done. He's done Back to the Future. Yeah, like yeah, this was one year after Back to the Future three. So like. He didn't need the money. <laughs> he was always like, yeah. which to be fair, was some, shit. So sometimes at like least actors... he's kind of trying to find a good film again. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, thought he, maybe. He pro... Yeah. No, no, go. I was gonna say I thought maybe this was like a year before Back to the Future, like one, because some actors <laughs> do a movie and then they get famous, and then the that bad movie comes out to ride the coattails of the of what's made them famous. So I thought it was maybe something a bit like that, but no, man, it was. I guess he just really liked the script. Again, so like if you saw the script, you might think it's quite neat. All the money, like, all the money, yeah, the money, like it's had a studio million. deal. Like it might have been yeah, like, yeah. all right, yeah, you, was... you got you got Back to the Future, and it was a favor, but we're go- we're gonna have three movies in our back pocket that you can't say no to. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's good. The old show, Disney yeah. contracts of old. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we own you for ten years. You will do every yeah. movie we say. <laughs> yeah. 
Because this is New Line more Cinema final as well. Thoughts. Like, this is a huge production company with a big budget yeah, yeah. for 1991 behind it of 11 million. Like, although we did joke, 10 million <laughs> of that probably went to Vince McMahon. Yeah. Like, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then one million went to Hulk, so they were like, "Oh shit, we got like a fiver." Uh, okay. Yeah, I love the end when because uh, the whole point of the movie actually like the, the whole point of the movie is is ship needs to ship uh, ship needs to rebuild his ship or something doesn't he like recharge his, his ship yeah uh, and he can't leave and then right at the movie in the movie he's on top of what I guess is Charlie's building Charlie's work building why how like how do they get a, <laughs> well, sh- a spaceship a, up to the top of that building it's got a, it's, it's suitor's it's, ship it's I'm got guessing a, up, the yeah. lift, up the elevator it's got probably. a space it's got a space ship landing pad <laughs> obviously and then oh my god so there's there's two obvious connections as well in the movie that like just just radiate how do they they should award uh, nominated for oscars like the fucking connection between shep and uh and christopher lloyd normally in the, it it turns into a body cop no, a body uh a movie um except they just don't do the buddy part i think they forget to make him friends so at the end when there's supposed to be a big dramatic goodbye they're like see ya all right bye oh we better <laughs> handshake oh bye I, I'm, I'm a bit annoyed that they didn't give actually Shep the photo that they took earlier in the film, as in like a yeah, it's something to remember us, and he hangs it up on you know on the dashboard of the ship or something. But whatever. Um, also, I had, <laughs> Man, he's I had to like with the hot blonde receptionist. He don't need reminding of bloody. Oh yeah, because you could just you could, you could just feel the sexual chemistry off those scenes when I like at the end I was a bit like who's she and then I was a bit like I, I, I had to re- when I rewatched it I was like oh the, oh right there's okay yeah. the only other character <laughs> in the movie <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah but at one point she's got a gun holding them up like I was like is she turning evil now like no because he's making then... a big racket outside the CEO's boardroom like, yeah he pins Charlie because... up and then later on in the film. They're like, I think they've got something, or they're in a warehouse, and she's got a gun to them, and then they're like, "Oh, well, whatever, see her," and they run away. I <laughs> know. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's great. Oh man, I love uh, it's good. Right, I think that's it. Any more things? No, I think you've covered no. it. All. <laughs> <laughs> Seems oh. out that the person who's going to score it in the same bracket as some of the best movies in history is uh, <laughs> the one that leads this chat. You know. Movie reviews are subjective, and we all have to accept that, even if it even fills if us with wrong. urge to kill rising. <laughs> so, thank you guys. I think it's now time to get your sequels pitched. So, the rules are as normal as ever. Uh, you always have a certain amount of time, however much you want, uh, really. <laughs> but don't bore me. Um, uh you have to win me over, um, and then I may have some questions. I may not. Let's start with Drew because he's the illist, and you know. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I might. I I don't know if I'll make it to the end. Okay, so <laughs> <clears throat> mine is uh, titled Suburban Commando Two. The synopsis is soccer dad Tim Brown, played by John Cena. Um, gets blasted into space where he is mistakenly identified as the Rex Ramsey, son of the legendary Shep Ramsey, where he becomes the leader of the resistance against the evil Lord Zebulon. Oh. <laughs> so, um, yeah, originally it was John Cena playing himself, but then I was like, I've got to get... He's not... If you think suburban... John, actual John Cena doesn't really fit the bill. Okay, so um, soccer dad Tim Brown's life is filled with the ordinary chaos of suburban living, school drop-off, soccer practice, and a demanding... I wrote boss. Um, like, a demanding schedule. Oh, my God. Uh, he's a loving father. He's got two kids. He's supportive of his wife, Sarah, and she's got a good career. But he struggles with assertiveness and self-confidence. Uh, finds himself overshadowed by people. Um, he feels like he should be more of a man. We have jokes like people are like, but you're so buff. How can you not feel manly? And it's like, what's the what's the point of being able to lift three hundred pounds if I can't lift up my family? You know. <laughs> so one fateful day, Tim, trying to be more assertive, insists that he wants to take his family camping uh, to uh, New Mexico near where he grew up. Hoping, hoping to strengthen their bond. As they leave the nearest town after getting supplies, someone comments that they're sure they've heard of this town. The camera tracks sideways to keep their car in view as it drives away, revealing the town's name, Roswell, New Mexico. 
Unbeknownst <laughs> to them, the spot Tim chooses to camp at is located near an abandoned research facility where they studied the aliens from Roswell. Tim wants to be manly and doesn't want to use the camping heater, so in the middle of the desert where there are, where there are very few trees, he goes to look for firewood, as his family seem bored. <laughs> Uh, as he's wandering the desert, yeah. he stumbles across the facility and starts poking around and uh, activates a wormhole and ends up on a distant, technologically advanced planet named Zirconia. He arrives in the middle of a war-torn city where the alien inhabitants, who all look human and speak perfect American English, mistake Tim for Rex Ramsey, the legendary interstellar warrior and son of Shep Ramsey and a receptionist, due to an uncanny resemblance between the two. Tim's arrival sparks hope among the Zirconians, who believe he has come to save them from the tyrannical General Zorgon, who has been terrorising their planet, who will be played by Christopher Lloyd in lots and lots of makeup. Uh, <laughs> Tim tries to escape his new responsibility, confiding in shifty pickpocket Gizmo, and I want her to be played by Kate Hudson because I watched Glass Onion because I needed to watch a good film after I watched this, and she's just great. Um, <laughs> Gizmo, however, sees an opportunity to make some money and makes a deal with him that she'll help him get home in return for him kind of giving her legitimacy amongst the people of Zirconia. So Tim agrees and he's thrust into many hilariously dangerous situations. Um, Zirconia is filled <laughs> with like weird aliens and high-tech weaponry and unusual customs that challenge his suburban sensibilities. As their adventure continues, he becomes sympathetic to the plight of the Zirconian people and starts to become the hero they want him to be. His soccer coaching skills surprisingly come in handy as he leads the Zirconian resistance in unconventional ways, using tactics inspired by the sport. He instills discipline in the ranks of the unorganised resistance by making sure they keep their barracks clean and organised, with lots of callbacks to things that he said when he was cleaning his gross teenage son's room. Meanwhile, while all this is happening, here's the big twist. Sarah and the kids embark on their quest to find Tim uh, when they realise he's missing. They easily follow his footprints through the desert and activate the portal as well, showing up like 90 minutes behind him, and they spend the whole minute, the whole movie showing up just as he leaves. Um, but they have arrived and they land right in front of the real Rex Ramsey, also played by John Cena. Um, he's deeply frustrated because he's very serious. He's there to like lead the resistance. And every time he shows up, they're just like, no, the, the real Rex just did. The, who the fuck are you, dick? Um, so he has to start learning humility and learns to put others first. And then the climax of the film, Tim ends up facing off against General Zorgon in a hilariously epic showdown, I promise. Uh, using his newfound assertiveness <laughs> and creative problem-solving skills, Gizmo gets captured because of course she does when all looks lost tim's family and rex appear and tim has to give the orders and rex has to accept the orders and they manage to confuse zorgon because they look the same and basically just like jumping out in different places around the room while zorgon's <laughs> like huh? what and then he sends his whole army away to catch them and then they all surround him the the whole family gets around uh, they save gizmo from the boiling acid and uh, push Zorgon in it and everyone laughs and doesn't for a moment contemplate the horrific things that have happened or what they've done to survive uh, in the end Tim bids a tearful goodbye to Gizmo hands off responsibility to Rex without the rest of the planet knowing what's up and the Brown family return home to Earth where they enjoy a more harmonious life together forever the end nice <clears throat> well done you got through it uh, I don't have any questions for you yeah Rest. <laughs> Rest now. <laughs> Who disturbs my slumber? <laughs> uh, okay, thank you, Drew. Uh, Matt, let's go for you. Okay, mine is What's titled... your title? Suburban Commando 2. Ramsey's Prime Nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Good title, huh? <laughs> It's uh, it's the year 2023, and Ramsey must return to Earth to ensure that his future is safe from the hands of some prime evil baddies. Uh -huh. hey, see where this is going, can't you? <laughs> we open with cheap CGI graphics to keep it in 2023, and we see a man being held hostage, similarly to the movie one, and someone buff taking out goons, similar to movie one. It's revealed the man being held hostage is in fact Ramsey Senior. And it's Ramsey Junior, played by the Chad Gable, kicking ass and taking names. He makes it to the <laughs> cockpit, 
but the alien lord points out his mistake. He didn't disable the big laser gun. Horror on their faces as the big laser gun blows up Earth. The Ramsey faces, pure horror, cut to titles. Then we cut back and it's one week earlier. We see Chad just being a normal guy working for Charlie's company. He's average, a bit of a nobody, but Charlie loves him and he works as one of the assistants alongside Charlie's daughter, whatever her name was. Charlie's company, it turns out, works in quantum physics and spacey stuff. One day, Charlie receives a message from Ramsey himself, asking him how his son's doing, and we cut to Gable just doing assistanty stuff, and he asks is he showing any signs, because it's around their 30th birthday that their development kicks in in Ramsey land. Nope, all good, until all of a sudden, Chad Gable goes and he moves a water cooler, but... In trying to lift it, he throws it out of a window. Whoa! Ramsey says, I'm on my way. (laughs) So act one of the movie is very funny comedy shenanigans between Hulk Hogan and Chad Gable. Lots of silly wrestling anecdotes, etc. And Charlie's mansion suffering carnage while they're training. Gable also gets feelings and becomes very interested in Charlie's daughter. Assuming that she's like 10 years older but hot, so it's not weird. Anyways, (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> Ramsey is tracked by some aliens that want Ramsey's blood to super soldier their soldier, but his blood's too old and weak, but Gable's is prime. Sponsorship opportunities throughout this movie, by the way. KSI and Logan Paul are the aliens. Uh, they're, they're aliens, but then they put on the KSI and the Logan Paul disguises. So act two is the hunting of the Ramses. Daddy Ramsey is aware, albeit too late, that he was followed, and he tries to hide Ramsey Jr. This leads to chaos with KSI and Logan Paul destroying the research labs and the mansion of Charlie. He's devastated, he has a heart attack, and he dies! (gasps) Daughter and son both blame the Ramseys, but the daughter forgives them. The son, however, gives up their location in rage, as well as swearing vengeance. The son is definitely the big bad guy in the third movie, if there is one. Anyway, <laughs> Act 2 ends with Ramsey sacrificing himself to a modified tag team finisher from the aliens so that Ramsey Jr. can escape. They tell Ramsey Jr. if he doesn't come to them within three days, they will destroy Earth and find another way to prime up their soldiers. So, hey. Q, crazy Act 3. Thankfully, the daughters forgiven Ramsey Jr. and they kiss and stuff, but then they work on the quantum deflector that was designed to deflect big laser guns and stuff and make it look like the planet's destroyed, but actually it's not. But that's preventing further lasers because it only works once. So it's genius and it's really, really handy to tell the film. So once that's all complete, he takes his dad's ship up to the alien ship and we rejoin the movie in the very first scene. It's cyclical. Whoa, cool. Everything plays out as before. The Earth is destroyed and we see the horror on their faces, genuine on Hulk's. But Gable then laughs and kicks the hell out of his captors. Hulk does some stuff too, but it's not about him. It's about his son now. Lots of (laughs) WWE moves. We will give the Hulk Hogan leg drop to an alien computer table. And then some like (laughs) random bubble pod that can be an elimination chamber pod. They get smashed through that. And it ends with the aliens (laughs) tapping out in submission. And agreeing to fly away and never return. They do a blood pact to make it all legal in the galactic law for safety. <laughs> Gable heads back to Earth to make Ramsey Jr. Juniors with Charlie's daughter fuck off with the age issues and that. And Charlie's son lurks in a dark corner of the destroyed laboratory, working on something very sinister indeed. <laughs> very nice. Nice. I don't have any questions for you either. Awesome. Um, because I'm going to wait until the arguments. <laughs> um, Andy, what's yours? Um, okay, mine is Suburban Commando 2, Space Urban Commandos. <laughs> the correct nice. title. <laughs> All right, so Ship, Shep's son, must save the galaxy from an evil The Rock with the help from a few friends. <laughs> so we open on an awesome Star Wars inspired space battle a small spaceship takes on a whole fleet and then destroys the mother's ship and flies away victorious they went, we then see another ship resting on an asteroid having watched the entire show and we're introduced to Ship Ramsey Ship Ramsey's son played by Santino Morella and if you don't know him 
he is a wrestler, but he's not anywhere as close as being as big as the Hulk Hogan. He's, no offense, relatively normal slash small size. Um, he starts to fly home, um, but the flight is so long he falls asleep and his ship crashes onto Earth uh, and he is found by Charlie, still played by Christopher Lloyd, who takes him home. Uh, when Ship wakes up, we get exposition about how uh, Shep would, um, would visit uh, Charlie often because obviously the connection they built in the first film was so strong. Uh, and once Shep became a dad, Charlie's kids would often baby slash alien ship, uh, sit Ship. Um, we then meet Charlie's kids, all grown up now, played by Dave Franco and Kaylee Kukuku. Good lord. Kukuku. It's even worse that I didn't write down her surname. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even write her first name, so I her surname because I forgot, so I'm literally guessing. Um, we meet them and Ship says uh, more exposition basically about how Hulk Hogan founded something called the Universal Police, which is used to fight crime against uh, everyone or all the aliens in the galaxy. Um, he ra- uh, um, uh, Ship ran it after a few years uh, after Shep died tragically in a, in a big space battle. Uh, but now he's gone solo and he's basically a spaceman for hire and he tells the family about over the top Rambo type stories. Uh, Dave and Kay- uh, Keely. No, Keely? 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 Keely. Kaylee. Um, Dave and Kaylee ask Ship to uh, Shep Ship. <laughs> this is, I should have not called him this. Kaylee <laughs> and Dave ask Ship if he can take them up on his ship uh, for a quick trip to space. Uh, and they say, you know, ask Charlie if he wants to come along. But Charlie says he's too old now. He stays behind. So Ship takes Dave and uh, Kaylee to a space bar, and Ship sees an alien crime boss, uh, which Ship calls Bakba, which stands for uh, Big Alien Crime Boss. Uh, they get a drink, and Chip starts to realize that all the aliens in the bar are crimers, which are aliens that belong to crime gangs, and slowly realizes they're in a crimer bar. They try to escape, but the place is raided by the Universal Police, and we meet Sergeant Maivia, played by The Rock. Chip uh, tries to sneak out, but Maivia catches him and tells everyone uh, in, the, uh, in the bar about how Chip was such a terrible job when he was in uh, charge of the Universal Police. He was fired and replaced by Maivia, who was actually his number two. Uh, and he's been AWOL for years, but he didn't think uh, Ship would turn to a life of crime. Ship tries to explain uh, what's going on, but an alien um, runs, causing a break to fight, uh, a fight to break out between the aliens and police, leaving Ship and the kids uh, time to escape in their ship. Stupid name. Ship sees on his computer, on his space computer, <laughs> that all three of them have now been marked criminals. The kids obviously want to go home, but Ship says the Universal Police scans space so they'll be able to te- uh, detect his ship. Uh, before we made it back to Earth. They got no chance. It should be fine, though. They should only have to wait between uh, five and 100 years. Uh, the kids obviously can't do that. And Ship says, oh, okay, I might know someone who, who may be able to help. Um, but uh, the next scene is obviously them trying to uh, disguise themselves um, uh, from the Universal Police scanning the space. Uh, and we just see like a small asteroid. They get the Universal Police scan. They get a detection, but they think it's malfunction because when they look up, they just see a small asteroid just like just flying past. That's all it is. Um, we, we go back to the bar and we see the Universal Police arresting the final few aliens and Maivia sees Bakba uh, we understand there's a history between them and they don't trust each other Bakba says he knows Maivia has a bigger plan he just doesn't know what it is yet uh, but he walks away because he's such a powerful crime boss think like Fat Tony style in The Simpsons um, <laughs> Ship no, no, other, no kids... other cultural reference for us there Andy <laughs> No, I don't know why that's, that was the only thing that I thought of then and there. It's not even in my pitch. I was, yeah, just, just fat Tony. Um, Ship and the kids visit Ship's alien friend Neela, an anti-universal police kind of like protester who says uh, who does the odd bit of fencing. Ship asks if um, they have anything, and uh, Neela says they ha- she ha- they have an uh, an, a- an illegal token device that they can help. Um, he uh, the the alien boots it up, sends a signal out to the universal police, who then obviously come down and investigate it. Ship and the kids hide as Mavia enters, recognizes Neela, and arrests the alien, saying that he, uh, the Universal Police are not only just arresting criminals, they're going uh, for anyone who goes against the Universal Police. And when they're all gone, the universe will be free to start anew uh, under my iron fist. And they fly away, the sh- and Ship feels bad, saying you know he got his friends kind of arrested, uh, and the kids are suspicious about Mavia's speech, so they agree to follow. Uh, they have to sneak into the Universal Police headquarters, so we have a few funny scenes of them stealing costumes, trying to sneak in. We see a scene of my of a ship actually showing a skill, so he's not useless, whether it's pickpocketing or disguise in a voice or something. But, you know, he, he, he does show a, a skill at this point. Uh, they get into Maivia's office and look for clues, and they find a video recording of Maivia 
uh, in a style of like a winning speech where he says like basically his plan to arrest all the criminals and the uh, and anyone who went against the universal police um, worked and now they can rule the galaxy basically they've got all the crime lords uh, weapons none of the crime people none of the people that's gonna um, go against them so now they can rule uh, and then at the end my my via fucks up and we realize it's the recording is a blooper and my via kind of laughs and some people will screen laugh and he's like oh I'm totally gonna post this after uh, they find Neela and then try and break the alien out, um, but their cover is blown and they have to escape before they, uh, break Neela out. They realise they need a plan and Ship says he's figured it out and we have like an, an Ocean's Eleven style montage clip show thing of the plan working out step by step to save Neela and the universe. They get to execute the plan but they, they fuck up on the first point and the plan fails. Uh, they try to escape but Dave Franco ends up getting arrested and thrown in the same jail as Neela. Ship and Kaylee have to go and see Backbur for help, saying Backbur can contact all the other crime gangs in the universe, and then they have the numbers to attack the Universal Police. Backbur says he doesn't believe Ship as he's an ex-Universal uh, Police member and accuses him of like trying to set him up, so he tells his goons to kill Ship. Uh, Ship. Uh, but before they do, two guards come in uh, saying they've just captured two. Uh, they just captured a Universal Police ship using an, an illegal cloaking device scanning their planet. After some back and forth, the captured Universal Police people basically confirm Ivy's plan to take over the galaxy. Backbirk apologizes to Ship and then agrees to help. And then we end with uh, Ship and Kaylee flying to Ivy's ship. And then Ivy laughs. He's like, oh, it's just the one ship against all of us. Aha. And then obviously all the bad people arrive. Um, Kaylee goes to rescue uh, Dave and Neela and all the other captives as Ship goes off to fight Maivia. Maivia laughs uh, because obviously he's so much fucking bigger than Ship. Uh, and Ship kind of says... As his whole speech about how Maivia always used to put him down, basically, and make him feel useless. But because of his new friends, he's realized he's not useless and size isn't everything, basically. They fight and it kind of looks like size is everything as Ship is going to lose. But then he ends up winning by either outsmarting or using uh, Maivia's like hubris against him. Uh, Ship calls off the massive space fight and gives like a good guy speech, which uh, somehow appears on everyone's spaceships or earpieces, you know, that, that classic thing. Um, about being a good person or good alien um, and how he will he will go back to uh, leading the Universal Police to do actual good in the universe and then says, if you want to help, stay. If you don't, you've got 24 hours uh, head start. Uh, and then we end with Ship taking the kids back home, saying he's got a lot of work to do as the leader of the Universal Police, cleaning up the, uni the galaxy and, oh, if only the kids could come, ha-ha. And the kids are like, oh, no, we should probably stay on Earth, ha-ha. And then they all run in the spaceship wanting to be space commandos. For a third film. Yay. <laughs> Thank you for that pitch. It was longer than the actual movie itself. So, yeah, that was, that was okay. impressive. <laughs> uh, cool. <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to argue about this. Um, not many not many suburban bits in... Uh, space in, urban. Uh, uh, yeah, true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> That's why I called it space Loophole. I need help. I need help to decide who is the winner. Oh, I thought you just meant in general, and we knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do also. Uh, so I want to hear what you think about everyone else's and why you think why you think you should win. Go for it. Go for the jugular. I'm 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 going to jump in first and say I have no idea what the other two spoke about, and that may that may be a reflection <laughs> on the quality of their pitches. It may not be. I am delirious and feverish um i remembered i laughed during both of them so well done them uh and i like mine <laughs> and i'll defend myself from any other attacks but that's all i am qualified to add to this discussion thanks for coming to my <laughs> ted talk you go to bed now Drew. <laughs> oh, right. it's so close <laughs> Well, I feel, I feel like I, I, I might take it a little bit easier on our sick compatriot here. No, no, go for the sinners. Go for the throat. I am fucking John Cena. You're just cashing in on John Cena, like as if that's not been done a million times before. Yeah, because he's oh, fucking yeah. hilarious. John Cena's oh, really John funny. Cena. Who the fuck are the two that you've picked? Are they hey, good Jack actors? Cable. Are they funny? Jack Cable is the hottest one of the hottest exports. I only didn't go for Ali Knight because he just needs to sign his contract extension. Who? So I went for Chad Gable <laughs> instead. Any wrestling fan is going to know exactly who Chad Gable is, and he'll be there with John Cena in 10 any, years' time. Because Any fast and furious fan is going to know who John Cena is. 
Yeah, Jesus well, that's Christ. just easy. You're just playing the easy game of just using pre-recognized WWE talent. I'm bringing someone new into the fold, and I'm not yeah. bringing but someone do we know he's actually as like funny, as Santino Morella. I can't do we believe know Chad Gable being like Santino We know Santino could possibly carry a film on his own. The amount of comedy no, he's, he start, he's done in like... He can't carry a fucking absolutely. watery can on his own. I don't even know he's who... Yeah, like Chad Gable, I, know, I think wrestler. I know his face. I have no idea like what he can do. We know Santino can be funny and we can, no, he can do this no, part. He's no done it a lot. No one has known fucking... Santino Morella for about 10 years. Yours is falling apart at the scene. I'm sorry, like, I stopped watching wrestling a while ago. In, but he's well, the... this is this is a problem you've created. Yourself, That's why I don't know it? Chad Gable. You've got to have people with that, like everyone, the old school people Ross will know will as understand well. understand the Santino reasoning Moreno. behind picking Chad Gable as a future WWE Hall of Famer and as a future John Cena. He's young enough that he's still in his prime at WWE. He's not going to go off and make movies every year. We need the future you, exports. He's, he's, young, enough that he's, that he's young enough that he's not since. relevant to the wider public. Okay? <laughs> well, there was a time yeah. John Cena wasn't relevant to the wider public. And yeah. then as he got older, he started making more films. We've got to create some new blood from WWE for these we're franchises. Not, Otherwise, this is going to run out. Myself soon. as as a as a wrestler's agent, it's pitch my sequel <laughs> movie. Pitch a wrestling. That's what our podcast is called. Pitch my sequel movie. The podcast. In. I am pitching you also had Hulk the Hogan, best movie with the best wrestler. He's such a draw these it. days. Hulk Hogan, despite all the problems he's going through, has a certain niche attraction to it. At least I bring him back. And I downplay him through it all, really. It's all about Chad Gable. He just gets a couple of cameo bits where wrestling fans are about, oh, leg drop, through the alien monitor table, which is a yeah, genius idea. Yeah, still going to be headlining. Really you're still going to be giving the them money. I don't know if people would like that. Well, mm, you know I what? That's why I personally still... Would they like that's why I killed him off in mine. ...who hasn't been relevant for 20 years. <laughs> so your argument's flawed. Plus, at least I don't call my fucking character Shep on a ship with Shep's dad's yeah. son. Like, what, can you, do you know Shep how lost I got you can, in your pitch? you can guarantee he would be like, yep, Shep. It would be as close to his name as fucking the, possible. The word yeah. Shep with boat in my fucking listening because I couldn't follow your pitch because I didn't know where the fuck we were off the time. That's going we to be a lot of comedy. Like, you've got like, Shep and he's going to be like, oh, where? And duck. I, that wasn't like, funny after the first 10 seconds of your pitch. The, that's why in mine, his son is called Rex, because I was like, oh, Shep is a dog's name. I need another dog's name. <laughs> no. Mine has Didn't a really anti-bullying Because it's message. not about the names. That's for the writers no. to name them. Mine and it's about what's about... underneath. And what's underneath is uh, I've got an what, anti-bullying message. A bunch of that's bad why The Rock to took Santino's... Him. Uh, Why job. doesn't he inspire good guys to follow him then? Why is it bad guys and criminals? Because that's, that, that's like, the thing. He inspires the bad guys to do thing. good. And some at well, the end, I some of the bad like guys, when he says, oh, I'll, give you, a, I'll give you a head start, some killed. of them don't. Some of them stay. Hey, bad guys, don't die because of the universal police. Come and fight them with me. Okay. Yeah, well, basically yeah. fight with death, me death and stop or, them from taking over the galaxy. Or not which death. makes the bad guys... Good Not guys. death, please. It's the Eddie Izzard sketch of cake or death, isn't it? I, I, cake or death. Oh, I'll, I'll pick cake, please. Oh, cake, please. Like, that's basically... <laughs> you just made a movie out of that sketch. Like, so... And who's back for... Which, which actors are playing... Who's Dwayne Johnson? Is he Is he back for, Is he the big no. hot guy? No, he's who's my Who's back played by? Anyone, anyway, he's gonna be an alien. They're like the, oh, the two yeah, kids, right, Dave okay, Franco and so Kaylee Kukukuku. Kaylee, whatever her surname is, that I didn't bother researching. Like, it sounds like you spent a lot of time thinking about something. I can't even announce her name if I knew what it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, either way, you know, I'm giving you a proper sequel that's still based on Earth. I know that Rex was kind of half a bit based on Earth, but went off to other planets. That was nice touch. But, you know, at least with this one, it's the most honest. Again, I bring you an honest sequel. Not yeah. just a you're whatever the fuck story. I want a sequel. Mine is a dragon is a massive really cat and mouse chase. And like, it's that's got a shitload so of sponsorship. You make so much money from my film as well. Mine runs through a sponsorship oh, wire, Oh, God, no. Fantastic. I'm not going to come and fucking see your movie with Logan Paul and KSI in it. Fucking sponsoring. Uh, fucking we, we know, well, I know you, know you what, wouldn't, Andy, but kids, fucking so many people. 
But all those kids oh, that's irritated. Fucking oh oh, who's going to bring you the fucking money? <laughs> you bags? can say that about anything. You can say that uh, about uh, like mine or Drew's that we're just going to make uh, so I'm much money. I'm telling you now, they won't come to see Santino Morales in a fucking film because they're all too young <laughs> to know who the fuck he is. At least he's got John Everyone Cena too old in there. Isn't going to know who John Gat- Cena Chad fucking sense. Gable is because we stopped wrestling, watching wrestling ten fucking years ago. Well, I'm not targeting you, am I, adult? I'm targeting. I'm not kids. targeting you. <laughs> <laughs> well, who are you targeting? <laughs> because I'm old Everyone enough to remember you. Santino Morales no, and I wouldn't go and watch it. You don't get to criticise my film. You don't get to criticise my film. It's not for <laughs> yeah, you, so shut your that. damn mouth. <laughs> your film's bad. Yeah. Your film's bad. Yeah. Your Santina's, films are terrible. We know Santino's my funny. Film is great. No idea what Chad Gable can do. We've never heard him speak. It's Santino, just to let you know. There's well, Santino. You don't even pronounce it right. How disrespectful. It's in Santina. How disrespectful. Oh, that's, that's, no, that's, when he, uh, this guy. that's when this he entered the women's battle royale. Yes, no yeah, yeah. the actors that he wants yeah. in it. This guy has no respect. At least Drew pronounces John no. Cena's name right. Mine, mine's got a nice anti-bullying message. It's about picking no, it your friends doesn't. up. It has a it's a, it's a funny space battle. It's what we need. It's got The Rock being an evil guy, which everyone loves. And then... It's not in suburbia, though, is it? At least two no, of us it's, are giving it's, it's you suburbia. No, it's called Space Urban. That's why it's in Suburban Commander. That's not a it's fucking It's different. You can't use Suburban Your guys are just things, the same, basically. Mine takes space all brand in space. Brand recognition. That's Yours like, has... That's space like Urban that. Commando has no brand recognition whatsoever. It will after the movie. Yeah. <laughs> after, no, it won't. Oh, after the movie? Like, that's Brilliant. Yeah, when the builds are following, then everyone be like, yeah, Space Urban? What's that? That's not a word. Have you not seen the movie? Watch the movie, and then that's how it spreads. That's suburban we don't even need money on marketing because everyone's going to be like what the fuck is that go watch it go on go watch it go on. Crikey, you know crikey, what crikey. I think the audience are the real winners today <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes okay uh, franchisees realising just how wide a berth you can cast <laughs> yeah. okay I think I made my decision I'm glad um I was going into it thinking, well, I like some bits of all of them. And then your argument swayed me. Uh, so in third place is Andy. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm dear. sorry, Andy. <laughs> you had me at the beginning. I was there. like, oh, yeah, cool. Um, we've got like, uh, <laughs> I don't know how much. I agree with Matt in terms of how much of a draw Santina Mara and also how being much is Chad Hulk Gable? Hogan. Who the fuck is yeah, Chad Yeah, no, no, Gable? no, d- don't worry. I'll get on to Matt. But uh, also, I don't know if he kind of looks like Hulk Hogan's son. <laughs> That's what makeup uh, is for. <laughs> Jesus, have you forgot about makeup and costume? Oh, <laughs> he's got, oh so he's like you're gonna, you're gonna de- yes. anyway. You're gonna... Can you imagine Santina with a fucking golden mo- uh, handlebar mustache <laughs> and fucking like a, a mullet? I could in in a yeah, WWE. Like he's not gonna be his normal self. <laughs> I could imagine that in a WWE WrestleMania, like goes to Hollywood mock uh, like space thing, but I couldn't see that as an actual movie. I'm sorry. Uh, in second place, this is hard. Do I go with Drew's total? Um, yeah. Kind of like a soft reboot, I would say, maybe. Um, or do I go with Matt's? With Prime. <laughs> <laughs> I love that Andy's even sat there, like, just trying to add Go this for Drew's. Drew's is, Drew's is a standalone movie more than a sequel, but it's better than Matt's. <laughs> it's got a more of a plot and more of an actual story. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh... I've got to remember that one, Andy. Henry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that in the debate section. But... Why? That was the perfect time to say that. They would have given the Drew the win. Drew's, Drew's movie's good. It's more of a standalone than a sequel. And it's got more of an actual story oh, than Matt's, dude. where Matt's is just a bit like they want to get they want to get the super soldier sil- silver uh, serum and then do at the end. And it's just like nothing happens in between. Well they don't. <gasps> but they don't. That's why I was like, your act two is just a giant cat and mouse. It'd be like, okay, but. What else is there? Is there like why is why is Chad and the female that that, that relationship going off tangent? I am waiting to hear the results from our rightful host. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, in second place is Drew. (laughs) 
Right. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. I don't know. I know you don't care. You don't I, care. I care. Your, I just your... have no. Co- I'll take it that entirely as correct. But the, you made the right decision. <laughs> no, I, I liked yours, and you were going to win. I was just like, oh, oh, it's it's a good movie. I would like to see that if it was like a like a reboot of the franchise. I'd like to see it. Uh, so this week's winner is Matt with his uh, KSI Logan Paul uh, Prime Eaters money and Just Chad Gable and Chad Gable uh, who will genuinely be a bona fide recognised name I believe in the movies <laughs> yeah, or in yeah, wrestling there we go. <laughs> in movies one day uh, I can see well it. done Matt well Thank done well done much. wait yeah, right. well what done, Matt. are we doing next episode. Hi everyone, it is Drew here, no longer with the plague, which is uh, a great relief. We've decided that I should jump in here because our next episode isn't going to be what we initially slated. And in fact, our next episode is going to be our last one. At least for the foreseeable future, there's there's always a possibility that maybe we'll come back. But as it stands, for now, for the foreseeable future, our final episode will be our live show that we're doing at the Cheerful Earful Podcast Festival in London on Sunday the 5th of November. So if you've missed us talking about that so far and you're able to get to London for half past two, on Sunday the 5th of November, we would absolutely love to see anyone who can make it to give the show a lovely big send-off. We're, we're, I, I'm going to drop a, a slightly more detailed explanation of why we're calling it a day with the show, which will be going up as its own mini tiny little episode that you'll see in the feed probably the same time you see this one, so you can get a bit more context. But yes, we are going to be doing face-off The movie, it should be said, that kicked off this entire podcast the first time we were sat around a fire camping and we came up with the idea and we were like, right, let's just mess about around this fire and see what we come up with. We did it with Face Off and we never recorded that. So that's what we are ending with this coming Sunday. And we will have the audio up in the feed for any of you any and all of you to enjoy if you weren't able to make it to see us live so yeah i'm gonna call it there and hopefully see some of you on sunday and we'll have our big emotional goodbye i'm sure at the end of the next episode so i hope you've enjoyed this one i hope you enjoy the next one and take care of yourselves love you bye